to Matthew 24. And so, while you guys are opening your Bibles, last year for TNT, they had a theme of um, <clears throat> truth from the Bible. And so, last year we did a youth-led service, not service, TNT service, and so Jason and I both preached there, and um, this was, I was trying to decide between three services all together, and that was very difficult because I was fired up for all three of them, and so um, I stuck with, um, now I forget, you know, I didn't preach this one, and so and then Brother Brian came to us about a youth-led service, and I was like, okay. And then, so I was asking God which to preach and all this stuff, and then he finally was like, do this one. So I feel fired up for this message, and I'm excited. I don't know if you guys will be that excited, but I'm pretty excited. And, and then, so, and also, I do junior church and king's kids so i know the little kids like me so if you guys don't like me i'll just go back to the little kids <laughs> and so if you want to look in your bibles at matthew 24 36 uh, verse 36 but of that day and hour knoweth no man know not the angels of heaven by my father only but my father only but as the days of Noe were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And that's talking the days of Noah, if you guys don't know. And continue in verse 38. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, unto the day that Noe entered into the ark. And, and knew not until the flood came and took them Always so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be two be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known and what watched the thief would come, he would have watched and would have not suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. And so the truth I'm going to talk about is the second coming of Jesus' coming. So, if you have every head bowed, every eyes closed, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today, and thank you for allowing the speech to me and coming and giving um, the words that you wanted me to speak to these adults, and I hope the special as um, they give a message also, in Jesus' name, amen. Are we good? today what I was going to preach about today, but I didn't tell anybody. I said it was a surprise. And so, it's, that's the fun about it. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, Miss Karen told me what book of Bible I was preaching out of, and I didn't tell her. I said it was a surprise. And so, first of all, 
the truth is Jesus is coming again for the saved. Well, yeah, we'll get there further. And, um, well, the first coming, should say. Well, second coming, not the third. Yeah, I'm getting my head messed up. Anyway, the second coming is for the saved, as we know. And we don't know what day or hour, as it said in Matthew 25, that the man, God is going to come. And they did it as a robber. If you knew someone was going to rob you, they're just going to watch out the window the whole entire time and not just go on with their day. And they're telling the saved to go reach the soul, the lost souls, so they could go to heaven too and not go to hell. And what we do know, it will be after the church age, which we're in the church age, where if you don't know, the church age started when Jesus went to heaven after coming and talking to the disciples after um, what they needed to do because they were lost. And I know Peter asked God, Jesus a lot what we were supposed to do while you guys, when Jesus is gone. And they would tell you, and also in Matthew 25, I know if you have a school field, you don't have to turn a page, but <laughs> verse 13, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. And so my title is, Are You Living for Eternity? And not for the world, but for eternity. I know people have jobs and, and things to actually live on this world so they won't become not, I don't know what the word is, but like you need to have a job and so you can buy food and so you can live and then so you can spread the word to unsaved but also, you don't need to work too much. You're getting out of church. You don't have enough time for God. You don't have enough time to read your Bible. You don't have enough time to pray. But God will provide if you give Him His time. And the second point is we have a role for Jesus as we're down here. Like I said, we are to spread the good news. In Mark 15, 16, 15, it says, And he said unto them, speaking of Jesus, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so, obviously, it says there, to go around the world and preach to the unsaved and to every creature. But also, we need to reach people here in Lebanon, Jamestown, Whitestown, but also China, Russia, and we have missionaries that the Lord has called them to go across the world to reach the unsaved. And I know Jason, he wants to be a missionary to Japan, which that's amazing. He's doing what God wants him to do. And But for me, God's told me to be a preacher, which I believe so far he's told me to stay in the United States, which is also great because that's still around the world. And so, and also this anonymous missionary, I, I've read this, it's from 
Paul Chapel's um, discipleship book. I we were reading this. I was doing it with Brother Brian, and I read this, and it hit me hard. And the missionary said, "We shall have all eternity to celebrate the victories, but we have only the few hours before sunset in which to to win them." And so that's basically saying we have the whole eternity to win and worship with God and um, have fun. I think we're going to have fun in heaven. Just singing, preaching, having fun. And so, but also, if you like, look at the whole timeline of the world, we're just a tiny little speck in that timeline. And I believe when it says hours, which that doesn't look a lot. And say a year, a year and then an hour, that's still a tiny bit. And we just have a tiny bit of years in this world to spread and follow God's um, job he put us down here to do. And so I believe we need to, like we do soul winning, to go out to Lebanon, Jamestown, Frankfurt, Thorntown. And if some people have time, they could go even further out to like Brownsburg and stuff because they don't have to come to our church. They maybe could look up another church and go to um, another Baptist believer church. And, but the most important thing is if they're saved or not. And, of course, we want them to go to heaven, not hell, because hell is eternal pain. And having eternal pain would suck. <laughs> I mean, it would. <laughs> if you had a knife stabbed in your side over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, I mean, that would get tiring, and it would hurt. And, um, and you could never escape it. Where in heaven, you have a perfect body. You don't have aches. My back hurts, you know. You don't have that. You guys probably run 20 marathons if you wanted to. Um, or you can just sit there and rejoice in God. <laughs> and so, my, um, and then also, there was a big obstacle kind of in our way. And it's Satan. And I have a couple points with Satan. And he will tempt us. And in Matthew 4, if people are familiar with Matthew 4, God was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights praying. And once he came out of it, the Satan took him and took him to three different places and he tempted God. And one of the attempts was to change a rock to bread so he could eat. Because if you were fasting for 40 days, I'm assuming you would be hungry. And I know a pastor, he can barely go a day without fasting. <laughs> I, I, I can see you too. I'm, I'm a growing boy. I probably couldn't go a day without food. I could smell PBJ across the way. And... Um, at another point, if you want to turn to Genesis 3, Satan will pervert God's word. And Genesis, of course, God created heaven and earth and man and creatures and everything. And the beginning of Genesis 3, Satan tempts Eve with the fruit. 
And so in verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall eat not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the, is in the midst of the garden. God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And it goes on where Satan says, You shall not die. You have, you'll, if you touch it and eat it, you'll have this equal power to God. And we all know that is completely false. And God twists, I mean, Satan twists and turns God's word to tempt us to do evil. And now it's not the temptation. Brother Brian um, refreshed my mind in this in Sunday school. It's not the temptation, it's the action. Because you can get tempted. Um, there's $200 on the floor. You'd be tempted, but it's if you take it and put it in your pocket, or you take it, and maybe you saw the person drop the $200, you take it and you give it back to them. It's the action of taking that temptation is whether it's evil or good. And so it gets to our next point. God gave us a way to fight against the devil. And the obvious way is through Scripture. In Matthew 4, God answered, back in Matthew 4 when Satan was tempting God, Jesus, he used scripture against the devil. And, of course, the devil knows the scripture. And he's like, okay, forget about it. And then go to the next temptation. and Or he tells him to jump and the angels will catch him. But, no, he answered it with scripture. And now if something is going in your mind, if... If you're a teacher and if a student's being pestering on you and you're about to lose it, maybe, you can just memorize verses and you can go through your mind and it'll calm you down. I know that. I have students, not students, classmates that will get on my mind and I'll be mad, but I'll just say verses in my mind and I'll eventually calm down and just go on with my day and just be like, okay, and then... Maybe they'll come back to me and they're still fighting with me. And I'm like, dude, just forget about it. <laughs> and like, maybe it's like taking a pencil or, I don't know, something ridiculous. And I'm like, is that going to change your whole life? And he's like, no. I'm like, exactly. Just go on. And then I keep on doing verses and... God would just give me wisdom on how to handle it. Maybe if it was something major that I actually did not do and they said, I would go to a teacher and they can handle it or a principal or something. But also with you at work, I know you guys, most of you are not in school. You can go to your boss and talk to them and they can handle it with your employee and you can get that settled and then you can move on and work and do all your fun things you like to do at work. <laughs> and also, another thing God has gave us is the armor of God. 
And you know that's in Ephesians 6, talking about the whole armor of God. And the main verse I like to read is verse 11. And now it's 11 through 18 if you guys want to write that down. But at verse 11 it says, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And so putting that on is breastplate, shield, all this armor, and you can win against the devil. And the main weapon against the, de- the devil, of course, is the scripture. And because that's the truth, and the devil knows that's the truth. And you cannot, he knows it, so he tries to twist it, but you still come up with scripture and scripture and scripture and scripture, and he just can't win against you. And that gets to our next point. Well, wait. Pause. Okay. And also, one thing is, People want to think God and the devil are equally matched. They think it's a close call and either way it could go. But no, devil, no, God is way higher than the devil. And it, in Matthew 4, Jesus is just used scripture. And he made the devil go away by just using scripture. And that's not God's all power. He has crazy amount of power like... None of us can think on what power Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit has on the devil. And like they're going to cast the devil in the pit of fire. And then, so they have enough power to go against the devil. And where people think it's equal, but it's clearly not. It's like if I picked a fight with Brother Brian, I don't think I'm going to win. He has height, weight, muscles, crazy. I don't have any of that. <laughs> And I bet, if I had a fight against him, I would bet money on him that he was going to win. And um, so that gets to our next point, is I believe, which should be true, is God wants us to be good examples to everybody. And the first is the unsaved. In Matthew 5, 16, it says, let your light shine, let, let, your, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so, like when you guys are at work and you get hurt or something, instead of saying like a curse word or something, someone's looking at you, maybe just move on. Don't even say glory to God. Yes. Or if you're at class and you get a terrible grade on your math test, and um, that was the only subject I was good at, math. And um, instead of throwing your paper on the ground, ripping it up so no one can see it, just be gentle, put it in your folder, and if someone asks you what grade you had, you you could say an F, or you can just probably say like a D. That's probably better than an F. <laughs> and so I know a lot of my friends have done that to me. I've go, what grade did you get? Um, C plus, and it was like a D minus, and I was like, good job. <laughs> I mean, 
I w- I, I'm always truthful with my grade. I'm, I'm not afraid of showing my grades, although even if it's a D or a C or something. I mean, my mom gets on me for C. But I'm still, I, I work hard for it. You can ask her. But also, I'm not afraid. They're like, let me see your grade book. I'm like, okay, there. And then they'll go through my grades. But still, good example is showing what's right. What's God saying? And do they see God through you? Do, you? do they look at them like, they're different? Like, do you go to work and you dress up? Or your neighbors, do they see going to soul winning or Wednesday night or Sunday night or Sunday morning? And do they actually see something different in you and see maybe a little light in you to shine with them and maybe they'll ask where you're going and you could say church and then invite them and then they could hear the word of God and also the youth or young or pastor likes to say the young younglings when we do the pledge and so I know this a lot because I work with little kids not really work work for church for them and I know I can see them do things that I do when I'm preaching or teaching or just doing a little craft with them. Like, I'll help someone out, and then I see them helping someone out because they're following what I do. And I know little kids, they look up. And when I was little, I, I like to sit and just watch everybody. Now, that's maybe a little creepy, but <laughs> I just watched and see what people did. And... Also, I had good parents that taught me good and wrong. And I know some of the bus kids, they don't come with good backgrounds. And when they could come to church with comfort, good examples, you could persuade them to follow what's right. And I know sometimes they don't like to listen, and and you have to get on them, and it's all fun. But also... They could, I know, I've heard a lot of stories from pastor saying bus kids have gone into the ministry and um, become a pastor's wife or a pastor evangelist or missionary and all that stuff, which that comes back to having a good example. And like, I know I would sit where my mom used to sit when I was little and I would just watch. And when I was little, Sorry, Naomi, but um, when we had to come with my mom to church, because she worked here still, and I remember I would get an offering plate, and I would walk down the aisles, do you got any money, you got any money, and there's no one here, and I was just acting like an usher, just here, here, you got any money, oh, no, okay, you got any money, but it's because of the good examples, like John Sheets, and all the other people are hers, and I know Naomi and Hannah would get us chair because they were little and they would get up and they would just sing in this mic that wasn't even turned on. It's because of all the examples and they like singing and they would watch Miss Dawn, um, Maggie, um, and all the other people sing up here to God and they liked it and it was good examples. And now look at me now, I want to be a pastor. And, and I was there asking for money for imag- imaginary people. 
and it's all good. And plus, I've been usher a couple times, and I bet God's laughing too up there. <laughs> and, and then that gets to my my point is you have to be good examples to everybody, even um, just people at um, church. Maybe someone's sitting next to you and they're looking over and seeing what they're doing. Maybe you're picking a nose, picking your nails, playing on your phone, scrolling to see what's on the news. But And then maybe they'll start doing it next week. It's paying attention, laughing at jokes I'm trying to tell. It's just having fun. And then another person will see it, and then another person will see it, and then... It all goes down to paying attention, spreading God's word, and they'll actually listen. And um, I guess my next point is God has prepared a place for us. And you want to turn your Bible to John 14. And Jesus is talking here again. And in the beginning... It says in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, I believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, where I am. There ye may be also, and whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. And so, we get a mansion in heaven. Now, that's pretty nice. I mean, it's a, house, a house is nice, but a mansion is even better. The only trouble would be cleaning it. <laughs> now, I would have chores, and I still have chores, but I don't like cleaning Especially if I, you know, some kids, they throw their clothes under their bed or in the closet. I would do that a couple times because I wanted to go play outside or play on my tablet or whatever. And my mom would come, expect it, and they're like, this is not clean. What are you doing? And I'm like, sorry. And then I'd finally clean it. And there's a different way of mom's cleaning and the kids cleaning. (laughs) And now when you try to clean, actually try and dust and you do something, they'll still find something different that you need to clean. And my mom was definitely very strict on that. <laughs> and, but I bet in heaven we're going to be doing cleaning. And, and in fact, we're going to be cleaning our heart and confessing to God at the tribulation where we confess and... Um, confess all of our goods and bads to God um, when Jesus takes us up in the second coming. And I've seen there's at least five crowns we can earn in heaven. And now Pastor brought one up in this morning, and the first one um, is the crown of righteousness, and it talks about in 2 Timothy 4, 8. 
And then the next one is the crown of life, which is in Revelations 2.10, which Pastor mentioned it this morning. And then the incorruptible crown, which is in 1 Corinthians 9.25. And then the crown of rejoicing, it's 1 Thessalonians 2.19. And then the crown of glory, 1 Peter 5.4. And honestly, it would be nice to have a crown. And this crown, about five crowns. I wonder if they'll be floating above our heads or just stashed in our pocket. But a crown would be nice. I know kings wear crowns all the time. And I know some kings don't like wearing crowns. But I think it would be cool to have a crown. Now, we know Jesus had a different type of crown. Crown of thorns. And now that was painful, shoved in his head. But... He wore that for us. And so we can get to heaven and rejoice with him. And so, and then again, um, each and one of us will have to give account. In 2 Corinthians 5.10, is for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it, it be good or bad. And I don't know about you, but I would like to do more, confess about good things than bad things. Because it's a little embarrassing if you have to confess something bad you have to do. And even if you get in trouble and you have to confess to your dad or something that you broke your great 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 grandma's face that's been passed down the whole family now I have not done that and but I would be ashamed and then also no one likes bad and so in conclusion I know brother Brian does this so I kind of stole it I'm giving you a challenge. I challenge you to start or continue to live for eternity and not for this world. And I know this year for our teens, it's continue, to continue. And we're going to continue learning about truths about the Word, which the whole thing is a big truth. And I'm, I'm setting a lot of goals for myself this year. To continue, to continue, and to more, more, I don't know if that makes sense. But, like, I would memorize scripture, but this year I'm going to memorize more. And not just the same amount, just more. I want to read more. I don't like reading at all. But I'm trying to get in the habit of reading more and more and more. And um, I'm reading a book written by... Paul Chapel about preaching, but at the beginning of this year, I started reading one chapter a day, even night or day, but now I'm getting started to read two chapters a day, and I'm just slowly going more and more, and that could be with you guys. You could start doing God's word, what he says to spread more. Maybe it's just one track a day. Start with that. And maybe two tracks a day, three tracks a day, four tracks a day, until you can just keep on going until you die. Or it's praying. Pray five minutes a day. And 
10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. I know some of you guys probably pray a lot. And the most I've prayed was, I think it was 30 minutes. And I've been doing that before every, every, every time I go to bed, I just pray. And sometimes I even go overtime. And I'm like, oh, well, I hit the button. And I'm like, let's go. I'm, I'm fired up. And I just pray to God and talk to him. And also, I just hope you guys live for eternity. And I want you to have, I don't know if we get more things in heaven if we start do more for God. Like, I don't know if you get a bigger bed or something like that. <laughs> but also, it's worth it. This world is not going to last forever. And we're only here for that tiny speck of time. And we're going to be up in heaven for eternity. And so, that's my sermon. Hopefully you like that. So, if everybody wants to bow their heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. And thank you for giving me the words to speak for you. And I hope that people learned and got something from this message. And I hope that people, if they have anything on their hearts, that they come and talk to you. And the altar is open for people to come to speak with you. And thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen.